Good to have you. Good to have you. Hey, our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake remind you they've got music, they've got uh, bingo, they've got karaoke, and they got great food. So if you're out and about this weekend, you're just looking for a place to go in, hunker down, settle down, have a beverage, have something good to eat, maybe watch the games, that's our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. And they are the home of the pig porker. And I saw that they were doing a, a ticket giveaway the other night. They have all kinds of specials. They always have specials. They were doing ticket giveaway the other night for Bucks tickets and uh, Admirals tickets as well. So great stuff from our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake, right by Smokey's Bait Shop. Sit up top, sit by the window, watch all the, well, right now you don't have shanties or any, you know, fishing shanties or anything like that on the, on the lake. But you will eventually. At some point, you got to figure it's going to get cold again. So there you have it. 877-867-1670-877-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, give us a give us a call. Um, let's see here. Uh, Wayne says, by the way, uh, Hulu, we're paying $14.99. I, okay, I got to look into that. I, I got to I gotta look into that. It's like holy mackerel. Um, let's see here. Uh, I, got, I got all kinds of people giving me. Give me financial advice for all these different entities now. This is awesome. And I'm going to use every damn one of them, to be honest with you. Anything I can get, because it's ridiculous. Uh, it's like a, it's like your phone company. They offer all the great specials. Then you walk in and go, hey, um, you know, I'm way up there in my bill. You, can you do something? So I, finally I ended up leaving and because I had been with Verizon for, God, uh, almost 20 years. And I left. They called me up the next day and said, what do we got to do to get you back? And I said, I told you, and you you had a shot at it. And oh my God! Then they gave me like a ridiculously low bill, and I'm like, okay, then switch it back, but don't ever do it again. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, talk to you later. Uh, ben, so wh- where do we want to go with this? Because we've got a hell of a weekend coming up. We got football. We've got uh, all kinds of craziness when it comes to uh, quarterback songs. Uh, I do believe, by the way, that when it comes to the coaching carousel, was there a coach? By the way, let me ask you this. Is there a coach that you thought should have been fired and wasn't? It's a good question. I'm not a Brandon Staley fan. I think oftentimes in the biggest moments he is outcoached, and it's kind of inexplicable to lose a game when you were up 27 to nothing. I would have loved to see Herbert actually get a real offensive coach there. So he'd be Mm -hmm. the one. But I say that without going through all the situations. That's off the top of mind. Yeah, I uh, obviously Indianapolis looking for a coach, Houston, uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, Denver Broncos. You know, you knew those teams would be. But, yeah, there's 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 this whole level of coaching right now. And I'm kind of like wondering who who goes in the next season on the hot seat. And when we talk about that, think about this for a minute. Do you think going in the next season? If they have another season like this, that Matt LaFleur would be fired? Think about that. Do you think Matt LaFleur would be fired, Ben, if they have another, you know, eight and nine season and miss the, miss the postseason? Depending on the context of it, I would say no. If Joe Barry's his defensive coordinator and they lose because of the defense, then maybe you would just clean uh, house entirely. Yep. But yep. a question I would pose to that is, can we truly learn about Matt LaFleur, the coach, when Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback? And that's not saying they can't succeed, but long-term, when we talk about his offense and what the right. team could look like under him, are we really able to learn how good of a coach he is with Aaron Rodgers still there? 
Um, yeah. Well, he and, and Pac Fan brings up a good question. He says, uh, "Say this: Say Rogers comes back, and Jordan Love, Packers get an offer, you know, for whatever, and they they, they say, oh, man, we can't pass this up.'" And Jordan Love is traded. Picking at 15, if, say, the Packers would take a quarterback, would people go nuts? And and my answer to that is probably, but I'd have to see what's available around him. You know, are you passing on this top-notch wideout? Are you passing on a a top-end pass rusher. Um, yeah, I, boy. Because then you would be without a quarterback, backup. You have then all your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket. And then let's just say he would decide, you know what, I'm done after this year. Now you're left standing there with your hand out, nothing in it, and yeah, boy. I think you would have to know if Rodgers has another year after this in him. If you believe, because I would assume that the conversation, as Andrew Brandt was with us yesterday, I would assume that the conversation would be, as the agent continues to call, saying, what's going on, man? Come on. And as he said, no first-round pick. It's unprecedented for a first-round pick to sit for four years. So he's got to be like saying, hey, play us or trade us, man. Play us or trade us. But if you know the keys to the kingdom for one of the most storied franchises is coming, would you wait an extra year? I mean, you're getting paid to basically do nothing. And you're learning behind, you know, what is seemingly one of the best. But you you know players want to play. I I got to I got to think that he's probably looking around the rest of the league, going, God, look at what this the, the money is for these guys. And if if I'd have been playing, I'd already be at, you know, now if he's got his own confidence, not to say he would be able at, at that level, but he's got to be saying, look at what Joe Burrow's about to get paid. Look at what you know Lamar Jackson's going to get paid. Look at what the 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 ceiling has been risen so high, has been raised so high because of the Deshaun Watson, look at the money I could be making. And instead I'm sitting here behind this guy who doesn't know if he does or doesn't want to come back. And I, I should be, I should be playing football. I mean, man, if, if I'm, if I'm him, I'm probably saying, yeah, I, I need to go show my wares, but then is the best thing for your career and the next contract to go to a new system, go to a new team, go to guys that are unfamiliar and then to be the man. Because if you don't have success, you've literally just shot yourself in the foot. It is a terrible place to be right now, I would assume. That's a great question. It's a great question. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again, 877-867-1670. Here's the other one, and this was from Shepard, who says, what happens if they get rid of Jordan Love? And he becomes incredibly successful in whatever system he goes to. How are Packers fans going to feel then? Um, 
that's a great question. Let, let me deal with that when we come back because I, I I got my my sense on that. Uh, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Uh, this morning, uh, it did make a stop to Quick Trip. Had to go out. Kristen's been sick, so she was here uh, last Well, she's here now, but she was here and a little under the weather. And you know the price of eggs and all that kind of crap was going up, but I still went up, grabbed some eggs at Quick Trip, grabbed some orange juice at Quick Trip. They've got everything. They got everything. There was even NyQuil there. So picked up some of that, too. So just go back to bed, go get some sleep, whatever. You know, I don't know if we'll be uh, doing much tonight or this weekend. But that being said, Quick Trip's got it all. And it was it was just awesome. You know, you run in, you use your Quick Rewards card, pick up a couple of things, eggs, milk, orange juice, out the door. There you go. Good stuff from our friends at Quick Trip. I always love them, always love using them. And they're, right up, they're convenient for damn near everybody in the state of Wisconsin, which is the best part about it. And they're locally owned. That is our friends at Quick Trip. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good day, hour. It's a Friday. Hour number it is a good day. I don't care who you are. It's a Friday, end of the work week. Unless, of course, you got to work weekends. Maybe you're getting ready to go into the bar, you're a server. Something like that, bartender, cook, chef, you name it, probably working. But the rest of us, we're looking forward to coming and seeing you. And uh, one of the places you could go would be Sunset Grill in Pewaukee. Sunset Sunset Grill right down, down there in the cove. Neat, neat place to go. Watch the sunset literally down there. But uh, they've got karaoke and all kinds of stuff going on, entertainment on the weekend, terrific food. Stop in and see our friends at the Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Just make the round. Sunset, Curly's Waterfront, back to Sunset, back to Curly's. Stop at the uh, Smokey's Bait Shop, back to Sunset. There you go. You can do the whole thing this weekend. Not a bad way to go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Ben Kenny along for the ride, producing the program. I'm Bill Michaels, bringing in our buddy uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation. And, uh, Mark, uh, boy, let's start off with the coaching carousels right now because it's not the way it was on, say, Black Monday when usually you got this myriad of firings and seven and eight and nine jobs are open. We got, what, four or something like that, five? I think it's not a huge amount. It's more coordinators getting canned than head coaches. Yeah, Bill, and it's great to be with you today. And It has sort of played out differently than we've seen in years past. Typically, like you said, there's a flood of moves at the start. There's a lot of – head coaching changes that are announced right on that first Monday after the season ends. There's a lot of head coaching movement. It's been, you know, a bit, you know, muted, I'd say. It's slower this season. I think, like you said, there's been a lot of coordinator movement that we're seeing. Certainly, you know, the Vikings just part of ways with their defensive coordinator. I think part of that, you know, is due to the fact that you've got first-year head coaches uh, new head coaches that are stepping into some situations or younger coaches, like, for example, uh, the Brandon Staley situation down in Los Angeles where there's been a lot of frustration with that Chargers offense. And, you know, there were some that thought that Staley himself might sort of be, you know, in, on the hot seat at least after the way that that season ended. He played some of the starters in Week 18, and then Mike Williams can't go on the wild card game. You blow that lead. You know, it's Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, that takes the fall. And so, you know, maybe this is a trend. Maybe this is sort of a one-off season where it's more coordinators that are facing the brunt of some failures down the end of the season or down the stretch. But it's been a different sort of hiring cycle, to say the least. 
So l- let me ask you this. When it comes to the head coaches, because usually what happens is an offensive coach gets fired and a defensive coach comes in. And we know Eric Bieniemy's gotten a lot of play, and they've you know, been a lot of questions why he doesn't have uh, a head coaching gig. It's mainly for the fact that he's still, you know, working in the postseason. But you know, who are some of the hotter candidates? I guess that are out there that really have one side of the ball or the other. I don't want to say experience because not many of them are head coaches. But uh, when you look at this, who needs what? Yeah, I mean, you're right about that, Bill. We typically see this go in cycles where. You know, a team that has, take the Denver Broncos job, for example. They just part ways with Nathaniel Hackett, obviously an offensive-minded head coach, offensive coordinator background. And generally what we would see is, okay, you go in a different direction now. You're going to go with a defensive coordinator, defensive-minded coach. And frankly, that's sort of what happened in Denver to begin with. They part ways with Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator background, they go with the offensive coach. But we're also seeing, look at the seven of the eight teams left standing right now. Their head coaches have offensive backgrounds. You know, with the way that the game is trending right now, with the way that, you know, we're leading into the passing game, younger quarterbacks are playing earlier in their careers. So maybe you want somebody with that offensive background to put them in a position to be successful. We might see teams like, say, Denver go offense, offense. You know, there's a lot of rumblings about perhaps Sean Payton, or maybe they go with a different offensive mind. And so you might see, you know, coaches like Shane Steichen, for example, uh, the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. He's getting a lot of attention right now. Kellen Moore is obviously getting a lot of buzz right now, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. You know, Sean Payton's return to coaching is also, again, offensive-minded coach. So, you might see teams sort of double down on offense. That doesn't mean that there aren't smart defensive minds out there. One of the names that's at the top of many lists right now, Demeco Ryan, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. It seems like he's, you know, put himself to the top of head coaching cycle lists. Dan Quinn and the job that he's done, sort of reinventing his own defensive philosophy down in Dallas. You know, he's a name to watch right now. Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles is another name to watch in these, in, you know, during this hiring process. And so it will be interesting to see if that sort of offense-defense flip continues or if teams continue to lean into the idea of, you know, this trend of hiring offensive-minded head coaches. Um, I wanted to ask about some of the teams that uh, obviously have coordinator positions that are open. When you look at, say, like Ed Donatel gets canned, that defense was supposed to be better in Minnesota, and they weren't. As a matter of fact, they looked – rather inept. They put a lot of stock into that, a lot of money into that, and it didn't work out. And we know that was their Achilles heel, but also they've got quarterback uh, uh, quarterback to think about. They've got some other positions to think about. Give me your thoughts on a team like who's right there, like Minnesota. They're right there, but they can't get over that hump, so they fire Ed Donatel. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like, look, you know, that defense had struggled over the past couple of seasons and certainly struggled this year. It's going to be an area of concern headed into the off season. You know, when you look at, you know, we start seeing mock drafts and free agency discussion, there's going to be a lot of attention paid to sort of how the Vikings address the defensive side of the ball. But I think once the dust sort of settles and we get, you know, some coordinators moving up, like if Dan Quinn, decides to, you know, take a head coaching job somewhere. I think you know, Donatel is going to get looked at for another D.C. job. I think it was just sort of a circumstance where, you know, they had some roster construction problems on the defensive side of the ball in Minnesota. Some of the things, 
sort of didn't work out that they were trying to do schematically. But I still think that there was a good defensive line. He's probably going to get some looks pretty quickly, depending on how the rest of the sort of hiring cycle works out. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And we're also going to continue to see, you know, the sort of Fangio, Vic Fangio tree of defensive philosophy, you know, has sort of expanded around the NFL. You know, the two high looks and the things that we're all talking about all season long, you know, how do you combat some of the offenses we're seeing today? You know, and Donatello was part of that. You know, he spent some time under Fangio, both in Denver and before that in Chicago as their defensive backs coach. So if organizations are going to continue to lean into that defensive philosophy, somebody with that background is going to get looks for jobs, even with the way things ended in Minnesota. Talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation, uh, joining us on the on the phone, also uh, at Mark Schofield over on Twitter. So, Mark, obviously we got a situation in Green Bay where whether or not they're going to pick up that fifth year of Jordan Love, they've got Aaron Rodgers deciding to come back. At some point, they got a lot of money tied up. They, they, you know, they're, they're, they're keeping Joe Barry. I mean, give me your thoughts on the Packers organization. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was fascinating to watch this Packers team evolve over the, you know, reasonably dating back to last season, how they sort of constructed things from a roster standpoint. You know, the expectations that the, that this defense was going to be a big part of their run this year, that didn't come together until later in the season, as we talked about. The concerns over Rodgers getting on the same page with some of these younger receivers took longer than we anticipated. You know, they make this run to get into a win-it-in situation in Week 18, and they don't get it done. Obviously, the first big domino is Aaron Rodgers. What does he decide to do? Does he decide to come back? Because he is you know, just one season removed from an MVP run. And I think he could still play at a very high level. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, when we saw late in the season, you know, Rodgers start to really develop that chemistry with Watson and these younger receivers, I remember saying, look, you know, this might be big for them potentially getting in the playoffs, but it might also be big for Rodgers deciding to come back next year. Now, you know, whether he does or doesn't, that's up in the air. The Jordan Love piece of that probably waits on that decision. So I think we're all sort of stuck in a wait-and-see mode with what does Rodgers decide to do. Now, he said, I know you guys talked about this a lot this week already, you know, that he understands that decisions have to be made quickly and he's going to make his quickly. But until that first piece falls into place, we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode. The, the the team itself, um, they misfired in many different areas. Obviously, the shuffling on the offensive line, some of the injuries, they had to wait for guys to kind of be, you know become cohesive again. The defense, they lost Rashawn Gary. They lost uh, Stokes in the backfield. How far away are they, in your opinion, if, say, they run this thing back? How far away are they? What do they need, in your opinion, for this team to go from being an outside-in looker when it comes to the postseason to being a legitimate Super Bowl contender? I don't think they're far away, Bill. I mean, I really don't. I think losing Gary hurt, you know, because what he was doing early in the season from a pass rushing standpoint, you know, some of the plays that he made, I mean, you have to get a, a sack against New England and the series of my brain um, that showed just how effective he can be off the edge. You know, I think that certainly hurt. Cohesiveness along the offensive line is certainly an area that I think they need to address. Um, free agency draft, whatever you have to find your you know your best five to get in front of the quarterback, whether it is Rogers, whether it is somebody else. Um, but I don't think this team's far away. I, I think it's just you know the one we saw 
at the last half of the season was what we were expecting to see from this team. And I think, you know, fixing the offensive line, ensuring you've got your best five in front of Rodgers, getting everybody healthy, having that defense play the way we expected it to when the year began, having that consistency throughout the season. This is a team that I think can make another run next year. You know, again, the Rodgers component to that is a big question. Uh, then I got to ask you about the games coming up this weekend. Let's start with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Jaguars, obviously, the underdog, the Chiefs, the top spot in the AFC. But Jacksonville's riding this little bit of magic that they they had in that second half of that game last week. Did they run out of magic, or do they still are they now feeling it? And they got you know with with playing with house money, you just throw everything on the table, and you're like, here we go, and becomes a dangerous team. Yeah, I mean, I think the sort of house money scenario is a tough one. You know, we saw something similar last week between Buffalo and Miami. Miami on the road, down to their third-string quarterback, nothing to lose. They almost stole that one. And I think Jacksonville's in a sort of similar situation where they got a playoff win. You know, most people sort of look at Jacksonville and think, you know, they're probably a year or maybe even two years ahead of schedule to be in the divisional round this year. I don't think people expected that. Um, so there is that sort of house money element that makes them a dangerous team to face. You know, but they're going up against a team that has evolved over the past couple of seasons. It's been fascinating to watch the evolution of Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense and going from this sort of explosive downfield passing game to, you know, this year they've been a little bit more patient. They've spread the ball around. They've used three tight ends at times to create some big plays. You know, it's a team that's obviously playoff tested and experienced. They've been in a lot of big games. And so I think, yeah, you know, Jacksonville might come in with nothing to lose, but it's not like, you know, Kansas City is going to panic. You know, they're going to be ready for this game. And, you know, I think Jacksonville's, you know, a little magical run here ends this weekend. I expect Kansas City to win this game. I expect Mahomes to play well. He played very well against Jacksonville when these two teams met earlier this season. And what's fascinating to think about, and I'm actually writing about this right now, you know, the drop eight coverages that we saw give Mahomes some, some fits last year, particularly in the AFC Championship game, has been much better against those this year. Jacksonville tried it five times in their regular season meeting. Mahomes hit on all five throws for two touchdowns. And so, you know, I think he's going to be able to figure this defense out as well as the Jaguars defense has been playing down the stretch. I think Mahomes has a pretty big day. The, uh, the Giants on the road taking on the Eagles, um, obviously with Jalen Hurts in the shoulder, nobody really knows what he's capable of. I get the sense that he's ripping and raring to go. And this whole thing about holding him back and changing their offense, it's like you don't, there is no tomorrow if you lose. So you got to let it all hang out. I, I think the Eagles have the real, a legitimate shot at running away with this game. I think so, too. I mean, I, so much of what the Eagles do on offense, it starts with Jalen Hurts and – you know, I, I think he's going to be as close to 100% as somebody gets at this point in the season, even though he's coming off that shoulder injury. I think you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things that stands out about Jalen Hurts, one of the things that, you know, stood out studying him when he was coming out of college and entering the draft was that, you know, competitive toughness, those leadership qualities. You know, in the division around, you know, his second playoff game, but his first playoff game this year, you know, I don't think they're going to hold anything back. I, I think their entire playbook's going to be open. You know, they're going to use him in the run game. They're going to be the offense that they've been all season long. And I think, look, you know, credit to Brian Dable, credit to Daniel Jones and everything the Giants have done this year. It's a fantastic season. This is a team that I think might, you might say is two or three years ahead of schedule, given how quick the turnaround has been and where that team was from a cap and roster standpoint last spring. It's been an incredible story from the Giants, but I do think that story ends Saturday night. 
Talk with Mark Schofield, SB Nation. A couple more things. Uh, an emotional game from the last time these two teams met, Cincinnati and Buffalo. This time, though, it's in Buffalo. and This is going to be a fans game. This is going to be a DeMar Hamlin remembrance game. Yeah, he's doing great. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up. Meanwhile, Cincinnati has an ailing offensive line. Couldn't move the ball real well in the second half. Jamar Chase was basically shut down. Give me your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I, I still think this is going to be a very good game and a very close game. I think... Both teams, we sort of talked a minute ago about how Buffalo faced a team in Miami that had, you know, nothing to lose and sort of put everything on the table. So that was a sort of tough matchup for them. Cincinnati had a tough matchup with Baltimore. Those are, you know, division rivals. They know each other. Those are emotional games. And Baltimore, you know, they're able to get pressure on Burrow. Like you said, that offensive line is banged up. But I, I think in this game, you're going to see from Burrow, you know, what we've seen from him this season. Second fastest time to throw this year behind only Tom Brady. He's the fastest in time to throw last week against those Baltimore Ravens. He's going to be quick, be decisive, get the ball out quickly, you know, try to limit any sort of pressure and minimize the risk from that banged-up offensive line. So I think Cincinnati's going to score some points. Josh Allen has made some mistakes. Teams have found some ways to sort of create opportunities against this Bills offense. And, you know, the Bengals defensive coordinator, there's a name, Romano, um, it should be in the hiring cycle as well. He's done a fantastic job. So I think the Bengals make this a close game. I still think Buffalo probably squeaks this one out, 24-21 or something like that. But I expect a very good game in this one. Last one, you got the Cowboys and the 49ers and the Cowboys on short rest, which is what everybody in, in Dallas is talking about. They feel everything's completely unfair and against them. In the meantime, you got Mr. Irrelevant quarterbacking the 49ers in this one. Yeah, and I think this is perhaps the game of the week just because of the things we're going to see, you know, from both offenses against these defenses, the matchup between Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn, you know, two coaches that obviously know each other well. You know, the matchup when Demeco Ryans is on defense, that Niners defense is on the field against Kellen Moore. You know, a lot of people are sort of wondering, are we going to see sort of the bad Brock Purdy game? He's been playing so well, but, you know, you look at some of the throws, even last week against the Seahawks where – you know, there were completions, but, you know, a defender takes a different step, a different angle, and maybe it goes the other way. Is this the week that luck finally breaks for Purdy? Who knows? But I think this is the most fascinating game of the week from an X's and O's standpoint. I'm excited to watch it. I think the Niners win this game. I do think it's going to be close, another field goal type of game. But I think that 21 personnel package they have with McCaffrey and Debo and the different ways they can make you as a defense run no matter what you do, that ultimately is going to be huge on Sunday night. Always great to talk to you, my friend. I appreciate it, and we'll talk again next week, okay? Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great weekend, and enjoy the games, everyone. You too. Thanks, Mark. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us. You can get his stuff at Mark Schofield. Don't forget, go to SB Nation, read all about everything that he was talking about and the articles that he's putting together uh, now, uh, but just a good guy. And he actually moved from Wednesday to today because uh, his time slot, we brought in Kevin Harlan, and he was more than willing to kind of negotiate that. So thanks to him for doing that for us as well. Hey, don't forget, uh, you, Boat Show coming up. Skipper Buds is going to be there. They want me to remind you, stop over to the Skipper Buds display. Tell them I sent you. Ask for Todd if you're looking for a boat. doesn't matter whether it's a big yacht, down to a pontoon, fishing boat, new boat, used boat, whatever it is. They've got boats of all types. But stop and see them at the boat show and make sure you use our the, the, the show. Say, hey, I listen and hear about you guys all the time on the Bill Michael Show. They give you a discount, give you a good deal. Deal. That's the best part about it. Check out our friend, especially if Todd's there. Ask for Todd, who is the GM of the uh, Skipper Buds in Pewaukee. They're making deals right there on site, so make sure you tell them we said hi. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. 
Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.